0: I think there's different stages in life, you know. There's stage where you are you're a child, you're at home, you depend on your parents. There's a stage where you leave your parents for a little bit and work on yourself, you mm-hmm. know. Eventually you come back. There's time in in life when your parents are going to need you, mm-hmm. you know, cuz you know they're getting older and so you spend more time with them. Like there's different stages in life and there's time for everything. Yeah. And I do think that life is very long. Mm. So I think it's mm. very like if you have the time. Go ahead and travel. Take yeah. some time off from work, from school, from your family, yeah. and like you said, get lost a little bit. I think that the benefits outweigh the risks a hundred percent.
1: Yeah.
2: Hola, mi gente. Thanks for tuning in to tu La Vida Es Una podcast. This is season number two, episode número dos.
1: Número dos. Woo.
2: Thanks for hey. being here. Today, we have a very special guest, my oldest sister, Tiara. Welcome to the show. Welcome
1: to the show. Thank you.
2: Thank you for being with us today. You are the second guest on the show, so no pressure. We are (laughs) super excited to have you to talk about your experience living abroad outside Mm -hmm. the U.S., the challenges and the fun memories of your time abroad.
0: Thank you guys for having me. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm so excited to be here with you guys and just talking, you know?
1: My mom was also nervous when she first did it. It it is nerve-wracking, but... I think you'll get more comfortable as like we continue talking yeah. and yeah we just wanted to hear your experience i'm honored <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah this is a safe space yes, so totally we'll kick safe it space. Off.
1: let's start off by talking about how old were you when you left and how old were you when you came back and how many years did you spend living in shanghai i
0: went to shanghai one year after graduating college so that was 2016. I don't know. I was in my 20s, Mm -hmm. I guess, and I spent five years in Shanghai uh, visiting home once a year, except for maybe one or two years where I just didn't visit during the holidays. Mm -hmm. So it was five years. So by the time that I came back, I was twenty nine. So, yeah, like, I mean, half
1: of my 20s mm-hmm. were spent there. Wow. The second half, yeah. Yeah. Those are feel like some of your most transformative years?
0: It was, you know, there was so much growth in mm-hmm. those five years. I can mm-hmm. definitely say that. There was a lot of changes that I went through mm-hmm. and... And I'm very happy for those changes. I feel mm-hmm. like looking back, I changed so much. I think when I left, I was very shy and mm-hmm. I had a very different view of the world. Mm-hmm. And being in a foreign place where everything is different, you know, yeah. the language, the food, there's no letters, you know, it's everything oh. is Chinese characters. Yeah. And I, so if you don't know me Dante and I were mixed, we're part Chinese, our Mm -hmm. grandpa was Chinese, so we're part Chinese, part Mexican. So I, I didn't look that different. I did look a little bit Asian, Mm. you know, to the locals. So in that part, I didn't feel like I stuck out a lot. Mm. But besides that, it was a very new environment. So it kind of forced me to, in a way, grow up.
1: Yeah, for me, at least my 20s have been also years for growth but i can only imagine how that's accelerated when you're you pull yourself out of your n- normal life your, your normal comfort zone mm-hmm.
0: right you don't have any friends mm-hmm. everything is new you don't even have your comfort food yeah you wow. kind of oh. have to find that you know but i did i, I did end up finding my comfort food oh my goodness. which was what was
2: your comfort food
0: um if you guys have tried hot pot mm-hmm. so imagine a hot pot but instead of it being like a shared bowl and you just dip like your meats and vegetables yeah you pick your meats and vegetables but then the kitchen will cook it for you in the broth and then just give you like the soup
1: with mm. like everything
0: and it's it's spicy and i cannot eat anything spicy yeah but um this was like really good um so that that was definitely something that i had never tried before it's called Malatang. malatang. And sorry for the mispronunciation, but
1: Yum. that was really good.
2: I'm curious to hear what made you decide to live abroad, especially going all over across the world yeah. uh, to China, very far from, from home.
0: Right. So I can say that was not a decision that I planned very well. <laughs> I'll say that it was a very spontaneous thing that happened. And mm-hmm. I'm not a very spontaneous person. I don't think I am um, but basically what happened was that when I was in college I was very focused on school mm-hmm. I even took summer school just to try and finish quicker
1: mm-hmm.
0: so by the time that I finished school and I, and I was about to graduate I I found myself very lost I didn't mm-hmm. know what I wanted to do next I kind of wanted a break from school because I yeah. felt like I had been working really hard for four years and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted a break. Part of me thought that I would go back to school eventually for a master's okay. or mm-hmm. something else. So I kind of wanted a break mm-hmm. and I decided to take like some time off after college. I did a little bit of traveling mm-hmm. and I was just working part time okay. at H&M <laughs> and then um one one of the trips that I took was I went to Japan. Mm. Mm. After I came back from that trip, it was kind of time to start finding a job. In mm. a way, it had been too long to be still working part-time after getting my degree. That's how it felt. Mm. And so the opportunity came up of teaching English abroad. Mm. And there's no connection between China and my heritage. That's just a funny coincidence, yeah. I say. But yeah, the opportunity came up. I heard from a friend that... It was a really good opportunity, especially for Americans, because they're always hiring English teachers Mm -hmm. in China. And that it's also a way that you can pay off your student loans, you know, so because they pay really well. That's really appealing. Very enticing. So I said, sure, I'll go for one year. I'll Mm. go for one year, I'll teach, and then I'll come back. And that'll be it. You know, I'll come (laughs) back, and then we'll see what happens next, and well, one year turned into five years very quickly because it was just very it was very easy to to stay there for so long. So it, there was no no plan. It was just a very I am not doing anything right now mm-hmm. that came up. Should I do it? OK, yeah, I'll do it. And I can tell you, my parents were not happy about <laughs> me leaving but I came back. Eventually. That's really brave of
1: you. That's, I think that's kind of spontaneous. It's like, very spontaneous. It's very out there, very crazy. You know, that's amazing.
2: Your 20s is a time to explore, so it's okay to, to not have a plan mm-hmm. to try out new things. I think moving to a new country, uh, I think that's a uh, very bold of you to do. And maybe something that a lot of people don't think about, but I think it's great to hear that you um, you had a great time over there and you grew a lot, like you mentioned. So I would like to hear more about your time in China. What would you say was the favorite thing about living abroad that you experienced in Shanghai? Ooh,
0: okay, you know, Shanghai is, it's like the New York of mm. China is what mm. everyone says over there. It's a very dynamic city. There's many foreigners there. I think I I met people from all over. I had French coworkers. I had Mexican coworkers Whoa. also. Oh, wow. there, there was a big Mexican group. That's cool. That that was you know. That's great. Yeah, yeah. it was like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> <You> <laughs> we go everywhere. Chain. Yeah, <laughs> we're everywhere. Were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were people from all over, really, and um, it's a like I said, it's a very dynamic city. There's so many restaurants there's many art exhibits there's Mm. just like new stuff happening all the time as a young person like in their 20s it's a very fun city to live in because there's always something that you can do and it's not very expensive to go out and eat it's not very expensive to travel there's a lot of stuff to do
1: you said that there were a lot of people from different parts of the world Mm -hmm. i think that's so cool where else do you get exposed to at least for me growing up, mm-hmm. I just I, there were just a lot of Mexican people around me. Right. Like, I don't think I've ever, uh, besides college, been in a, I was in gonna a city say that. Yeah. that has like so many different ethnicities, people from other countries.
2: Yeah, I think college for me too. Like We met people from all over the world. And I think um, maybe your college experience was similar as yeah, well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. For me, it was also in college that I... I also got exposed to that a little Mm -hmm. bit more. And now looking back, I I do think that the San Diego specifically, I do think that it can be more diverse. Mm -hmm. Like I do think that we are exposed to, you know, different uh, cultures, different, different cuisines. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's all of that. Right. But going from just my community to then college, that was like even more foreigners. I feel Mm -hmm. like my school had a lot of foreigners. It was a very attractive school for Foreigners to come in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For me, what I remember that was funny about college was that, so like I said before, I don't look Mexican, mm-hmm. even though I am Mexican. You know, my parents are Mexican. I grew up, yeah. you know, in Mexico and, you know, culturally I'm Mexican, but um, I don't look it. And growing up, I went to schools with other Mexicans, so I never mm-hmm. questioned how I looked but when I was in college was the first time that people would come up to me like thinking that I was Asian Mm -hmm. or mixed Mm -hmm. and a hundred percent nobody thought that I was Mexican so it was also just from like an identity perspective Mm -hmm. it was the first time that I realized in a way how other people saw me Mm. because i just thought like oh my parents are mexican i am mexican i must look mexican and like (laughs) that is not true Mm. so that was very interesting in college
1: i think this is why it's important to travel and get exposed Mm -hmm. exactly
0: it's just that it's just getting exposed to it yeah Mm
1: -hmm. you mentioned that it was so easy to live in shanghai Mm -hmm. what do you think made it easy
0: Mm. I know, right? That sounds like a contradiction mm-hmm. because of the language barrier. Yeah. Like I said, everything was in Chinese characters. Like there were restaurants that the menus were all like in characters, like mm-hmm. no no English, no letters, no mm-hmm. photos. And there were some that did have like letters, but still written like in Chinese. Yeah. Um, so what I mean by it was easy, I guess maybe because it's such a fast, big city. You mm-hmm. get that big city vibe. Like I compared it to New York. Mm-hmm. So there's many foreigners there and I think the locals are used to seeing like the lost foreigners with (laughs) their phone trying to find where they're headed Mm. so in that way it's like even though it's a foreign country I think big cities kind of give me that sense of it almost feels like you don't stand out or like nobody's like looking at you Mm. because everyone is just doing something else people are running to work or they're running to this or to that and they're just minding their own business so in a way it was easy in the way that maybe you could just blend in with the crowds Mm. because there were a lot of crowds that's Mm. that's true (laughs) getting lost in the crowd yeah getting lost in the crowd in a way was kind of yeah it was kind of easy besides that i guess more technical stuff i think china is like really really advanced with technology and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so getting around you know, getting an Uber or a taxi or even just ordering food, paying for your food. Everything was very convenient through your phone. They don't really use cash over there. Mm. Everything is like automated. And and so in that aspect, it was like, you know, also very convenient. Mm. I think many people that are there, they're just so amazed by the convenience. I think China has one of the best, or at least Shanghai has one of the best subway systems. Mm. It is super convenient, super cheap, super fast. And it's clean. It's, it's clean. It's simple to use. Like, just no fuss, you know, yeah. no fuss. Mm-hmm. Over there, it was very common to see, like, really old people, like, mm-hmm. grannies with smartphones. Oh, and wow. You know, just doing everything on their phone. And, like, I always joke about this, that, like, my mom did not get a smartphone until... Until a I came back, ago. until yeah. two years ago, because I finally convinced her to get a smartphone. Oh, yeah. mm. So she was out of the loop, you know, and over there seeing, like, everyone being so, yeah, mm. technologically savvy. It has become a very common thing, you know, yeah. the yeah. smartphones.
2: Yeah, it kind of sounds like you were living in the future to an extent with It was, the future. was going on.
0: Yeah, coming back felt a little bit like... Uh, I am going back in time.
1: (laughs) Now I want stuff. I want all of that stuff
0: here in the U.S.
1: (laughs) I'm curious to know, I guess, in addition to what you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. what are some other differences that you saw in the way that people live over there versus the way we live here?
0: Right. Yeah. What makes Shanghai very special, like the city in itself, so Shanghai is this huge city, like I said, right? It's this dynamic, big city vibe, mm. you know, new restaurants, new, new new businesses, you know, all of that is happening. However, at the same time, it still has like their older tradition, like that mm. charm, it still has it in every corner. Mm. So Shanghai is such a perfect mix between the future and the past mm. and people that have visited and people that are there, they always see that because you can still see the old traditional like um architecture next to a high rise. Oh. So it's really blended. It's mm. not like this is the old area and this is a new area. It's like as you're walking through you'll mm. see for example um some of the older people something that they do a lot is they cut hair like on the banqueta, say say? On the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. Sometimes you know these old barbers especially yeah. when it's really hot outside mm. they just put like a chair outside and they're just cutting hair in the sidewalk so like that is very kind of like small town vibe that is not big city (laughs) vibe right um that was something that would happen or like people you know washing something on the side of the street also uh it gave you that feeling of like the more traditional china Mm -hmm. i guess in that regard it's very fast-paced people are walking around running around everywhere but then you find you do find these pockets of like slower life
1: Mm. in
0: between I don't know corners or something like that you'll see something that that was very interesting to see it would happen either in the mornings very early in the mornings or it could also happen in the evenings and it was basically a group of older women Mm. and this happened everywhere like everywhere around the apartments they would gather outside like in a park and they would have music playing and they would dance but it was like a it was like a type of exercise you okay. know it was like a like a rave you know <laughs> yeah. it was like like mo- like almost like tai chi yeah. in yes. a way i forget what it was called Th- they were all moving in unison and they were oh. all dancing and yeah. and they did it as part of exercise and mm-hmm. it was so sweet to see and that just felt, i don't know that just gave me it was like take a moment and like look around you when that's happening it was a very special thing to see and i i found it so interesting because one of the things that felt like it was was very different in China is that people care a lot about their health. Mm. There's the topic of eating healthy one of the things that they do is they like to drink hot water year round because they think it's good for the body to drink hot water, something Mm. about balancing your temperatures and stuff. No matter how old you are or who you are talking to, if you tell a coworker or your boss, oh, you know, I kind of woke up feeling a little bit sick. They'll tell you, oh, drink some hot water. Mm. Like that is the solution for everything. Mm. So when I was there, I think I started listening more to those things. You know, Chinese medicine, you know, is a little bit different than... um, Western medicine. Mm -hmm. I think when I was there, I did appreciate, like, listening to, like, these things. Like, oh, what foods are good for you? Or, like, you know what? What can I drink or do to like help me? You know, if I feel sick, because I, I got sick a few times because mm-hmm. the weather was so extreme over there compared yeah. to sunny San Diego. It was really cold. The winter really is really cold weird.
1: and really hot, or just really
0: cold and really hot, mm. really mm. humid. So same during during the summers, I had to find ways to keep myself cool, and during the winters, I had to keep find ways to keep myself warm <laughs> because it was actually cold. But the health aspect, I learned to take better care of my health, and one of the biggest things was like my skin Mm. i think here in the u.s i always was thinking of like makeup and how can i how can my makeup skills get better or how can i buy better makeup Mm. you know but then when i was in china not a lot of women wear makeup Mm. um in the workplace it's very common to not wear any makeup Mm. and Instead, it's, it. there's a big emphasis on skincare. Okay. Mm. So for the first time in a long time, I started taking care of my skin and I started investing in that. Mm. And of course, there's still a big makeup community mm. in Asia, you know? Um, I mean, if you just look on TikTok, there's like all these amazing mm. makeup artists that mm. do like insane makeup. So you get both extremes, right? But I had, I had not seen that side here in the US so much this and you have to remember this was a few years back because now I feel like now in the US I have seen more of the healthy skin trend but Mm. a few years back I didn't see that it was it was different what I was seeing so I don't know if we're catching up or you know everything goes in waves but I had not really seen that focus so when I was over there I started seeing that more I started realizing because I had well I still have, but now they're much better. (laughs) But I had issues with acne scars on my face. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it was very hard for me to like not wear any makeup, even to go to the grocery store, you know? And in a way, being in China, like like I mentioned earlier, the Mm. whole thing of like you kind of getting lost in the crowds, mm. that was such a good thing sometimes, you yeah. know? Like, you could just be like, you know what? I just need to go downstairs quickly to grab some eggs, come back, I don't wanna change.
1: Everybody's yeah. minding their business. Everybody <laughs> minding their own business, you know?
0: But in, 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 in a way, like, it just gave me perspective to go to a different country. Like, mm. now I don't care as much anymore. I'm not saying that you need to go to the other side of the world to get perspective, <laughs> but it helps sometimes. So uh, yeah. for me, it was just very, very helpful to see that different lifestyle of yeah. like emphasizing more, taking care of your health and stuff like that. And so in my house, my grandma cooks for us very healthy meals and I, I love that. I feel like we eat really healthy and I really like that. I think Chinese food is very healthy, not everything, but there's a lot yeah. of really healthy, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot, there's a lot of vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, in their dishes. And so all around, I focus on that, on the yeah. emphasis on health.
1: From your experience, did you feel that people in Shanghai were very communal? Or that was a, an important part of the culture, people yes. being in community?
0: As a country, China is its a collective society mm-hmm. versus the U.S. is very individualistic. Right. So in China, it, what matters is the The benefits for the majority, it's like for the group, right? Mm-hmm. there's a, there's a big sense of pride for your country that there's a, a sense of responsibility for like what is happening in your community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, it, it was very different to see that. you still, you you felt that everywhere. Mm-hmm.
2: That's interesting because Shanghai, like you mentioned, is a very fast city mm-hmm. and there's the hustle and the bustle and the u s when you compare to New York, people are trying to stand out, right? They're trying to mm-hmm. in a way, Win the rat race, be at mm. the top, but it sounds like in Shanghai, it's 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 different. Even though you have the fast-paced society, there's still that that focus on community. How do you contrast those two, New York versus Shanghai, individualism versus communalism? How was that your experience, especially coming from the from the US?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, in all of this, I am an outsider, mm-hmm. right? Going to China, I'm I did not grow up there. I'm not from there, right? Which I think it's. An important distinction to make because mm-hmm. my experience as a foreigner is a completely different experience of someone that mm. is from there, right? Right. I think for me, I never thought that I was gonna find like for like I said earlier, a community of Mexicans right. in China. Yeah. Like why what, what are you guys like I said, what are you guys doing <laughs> here, right? <laughs> so one thing that was very common is so over there they use this app called WeChat, which mm-hmm. is like our version of WhatsApp, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. but better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and, and there's like these huge groups that, um, I think the limit is like 500 users. So mm-hmm. they're like mm-hmm. massive group chats basically. Mm-hmm. And you find these group chats, I mean, they use them for all sorts of like social stuff also for like in work settings, mm-hmm. like there's like work groups that people, that's just how they communicate is through WeChat. Yeah. Um, I found multiple Mexican groups that were f- like at a capacity, wow. you know, and, like how I get added to what to these it's just by word of mouth someone Mm. adds you and then you know someone finds a new taco place and it's like (laughs) they're just sharing it in the group Mm. in that way I think it makes the city feel so small Mm. when you have like at the palm of your hands like a community of Mm. like people talking about tacos yeah you know like that makes it feel so small but it's not small in like physically small but intimate yeah Yeah, that's the word it's intimate because you you can understand you know this is like your people right like you feel like like understood so in that way it feels like very small that's just my experience i guess as a foreigner in a foreign country that is so big and fast-paced on the other side i think an example of like the fast-paced rat race is so many foreigners were starting businesses over there Mm. that it just made me feel like I missed out on a huge opportunity (laughs) or something. (laughs) But everyone is starting businesses. Everyone is is doing something. And Mm. in that way, you feel like time is going way faster over there, you
2: know? It does sound like San Francisco, where everyone is working on something. Even on the weekends or after work, you're building something. Yeah, It does make time go by really fast. Mm. I think when we moved down to San Diego, it's a lot more chiller, more Mm -hmm. calm. So... That may be a comparison there.
0: Yeah, it's a very different vibe here. I think for many foreigners that are in Shanghai, they probably think that they're there for a short time. They're mm-hmm. trying oh. to take advantage of their time there, mm-hmm. you know, of maybe looking for opportunities, starting mm-hmm. something quickly, see mm-hmm. if it if it hits off, you know. Right. Otherwise, then it's time to go back home. And most foreigners that I like, co-workers or friends that I know, when they go back home, it's so different. When they mm-hmm. go back mm-hmm. home, it feels Yeah, it feels very slow. Mm. You almost feel stuck, Mm. you know. It also depends how long you've been away and where you're from. But yeah, there's a big shift, you know.
2: I'm curious to hear, we could go back in time to that first day of you going to Shanghai and arriving there. How Mm. was that experience for you?
0: That was... When I was making like my travel plans to go there, I did not have an apartment or a place Uh to live because I really wanted to see it in person. So... I just booked a hotel for the first week. Mm. So I gave myself a week to find a place. Um, That's not a long time. It's not a long time. I didn't <laughs> find a place. You know, I did not find it. I I, ha- I got an Airbnb after the week at the hotel. And then I actually found an apartment. But, you know, getting an apartment over there is different than getting an apartment over here. Mm. They do go by really fast. And you see one, you just get it. Like, oh, wow. And another thing is that most of them have furniture. So you do not have to buy oh, nice. furniture. It's yeah. not nice furniture, but yeah. <laughs> it gets you by, you yes. know. And yeah, I, rem- I remember getting there late and just getting to the hotel. I actually had to meet with my manager the next day. Oh. So I started working like right away. Mm. Like they did not give me any time to yeah. settle in. Wow. i I got there. I slept that night. I think I just got food from like, a restaurant that was outside. I think I had some noodles, mm. Mm. and then I, like, and then I brought them to the hotel. I ate them in the hotel, and I try to sleep. And then obviously jet lag, so yeah. you're not yeah. sleeping a lot, right? And the next day, I had I had to go meet my boss. Mm. Just meet them in a random office <laughs> in Shanghai. You know, I got lost for like an hour. Oh. Yes, I had I took the metro and it was fine, but then I couldn't find the actual building mm. until somebody finally helped me mm. so I was lost for like an hour and I didn't have any phone service because I had just gotten there yeah oh so they God. didn't really give me like any time to settle in I think so yeah I think I started working the next day or something and I was working the evenings mm. at that time and so during the day that kind of worked with the schedule but okay. yeah during the days when I was trying to you know, get a phone service, find an apartment, yeah. you know, like mm. settle in. Yeah, it took me forever to buy groceries. When I was at the hotel and then when I was at the Airbnb and then when I was in my first apartment, in those three locations... Mm. I would just find, like, a nearby restaurant that I liked, and I would just eat there, like, every day. Because it
2: becomes familiar. <laughs> the same
0: thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to, like, take the time to, like, find anything else, you know? Yeah. I was yeah. coming... I was it, I was tired coming That's back from work. Yeah. yeah, It was a little bit crazy. So, Shanghai is also very like that with foreigners. They kind of... Mm. They can take advantage of you, you know? Mm. Like, everything's about work, work, work. And there's foreigners that want to work, so that mm. works out. But I think eventually I learned how to find the good jobs or mm. the not so good jobs and what to ask for. Cause yeah. yeah, I think it was crazy that I started working
1: the next day. Mm. That would take me like a week to get used to. In the yeah. jet lag by itself. Oh <laughs> my <laughs>
2: goodness. Right? That's wild.
0: Oh yeah. And I was totally not prepared for the heat cause I got there. Mm. I think it was July oh. and I did not understand how hot it was going to be. I really didn't. I, I had no idea. So I thought that I could wear jeans and a top and no, yeah. you couldn't cause yeah. it's, It's really, it's like the 90s, 100s? 90s, 100s, and it's humid. Like it even rains, so it's like you're all sticky.
1: (laughs) Who taught you or how did you prepare or did you just learn by experience? Like I said, I did not really prepare for
0: this trip. (laughs) Um, I think it was like a few weeks before where I found out that uh, so many websites and apps were restricted over there or blocked, and that I needed something else to access them. And so I was having like a freak out that I wouldn't be able to access Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but
1: priorities, priorities. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I
0: did. There's so many, really, I didn't really do Mm. much research. Mm. I think, a lot of it i found out when i was over there mm. and from people like coworkers coworkers that would tell me you know about all the apps that i needed so that Aww. i could order groceries to my house you know mm. or to my apartment door um all of the things that were very convenient uh you know what was the best line to take on the metro all of that it was just word of mouth now i think there's so much information online that yeah. now i think i now when i travel i just check online okay yeah. but back then i don't think i i thought about doing that but that would have been Helpful.
1: That's so nice of your coworkers, though, to kind of help you get through that transitioning phase. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that's the good thing about working in an environment where there's a lot of foreigners because Mm. they were all new at one point. They went through it, yeah. They went through it, yeah. So then they'll tell you where to eat. They'll tell you, like, you know, where to go, what to do. Are you still
1: friends with some of your coworkers? So I did not make
0: many friends, but I did make a few. I still have WeChat, Mm. and I still use it. My closest friend actually is, she's this uh, girl from Germany. Mm -hmm. And she actually met her boyfriend in China, Mm -hmm. not in Shanghai, but in a different city. And she actually married him. Mm -hmm. Was he a local or a foreigner?
2: No, he was a local. Yeah,
0: he's Chinese. So um, we still talk right now. Like we have this ongoing WhatsApp voice notes thing that's like every week we send each other like, Mm. I don't know how long the voice notes are, that's so <laughs> sweet. and so we keep each other up to date. So that's, awesome.
1: that's beautiful. So, yeah.
2: yeah, how did you all meet?
0: So it was actually through Instagram that I met her, which oh. is funny because I think I think Instagram started being an app to connect with people, but I don't I don't think people use it like that so much. Mm-hmm. But I did actually meet her through Instagram. Mm. So I, I I would post photos that I was in Shanghai, and she would post photos, and I think she saw me on her feed Mm. and then she liked some of my photos and I liked some of her photos so we started talking Mm. and she was just like oh I'm new here like do you want to meet up and I was Mm. like she looks normal like you know she doesn't (laughs) look scary or fake yeah (laughs) Yeah. I was like yeah she looks like a real person like let's go meet and um this was right when COVID was starting Mm. so she had just got there you know she was taking classes but then the school's closed so then she couldn't
1: Mm. take class anymore
0: Mm. and I I helped her you know I hooked her up with everything you know and I um, because she was new in the city I helped her get a job Mm. and just I gave her all my advice you know passing it on yeah Yeah. passing it on the way it was passed on to me I love that
2: that's pretty cool that uh, you got the chance to to meet someone and it'll happen Mm -hmm. you know through Instagram and and you're still friends with that person
1: yeah that's really cool Mm -hmm. I want to move into talking about what do you think makes a place feel like home? And how did your perspective of home change when you left? Mm -hmm. So I don't think I
0: probably thought about what home meant. I don't think I thought about that before until I left my home. Yeah. Right. Before we're talking about the comfort food thing. Yeah. Which when I said that, I also didn't realize that until I said it right now. It just made me think of that. And I said it. I think that a home is people. Certain people mm. are your home. Mm. When you're far away, how you create that, I think could be c- close coworkers or friends. When I was in China at first, I did feel so out of place and I did miss my family. I feel like it was like the first time that I actually missed them, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can relate to that sentiment. Like when you're yes. when you're with with your parents when you live with them, you kind of think oh i want to like move out and then you move out and then it's like okay i guess i miss you know my parents are like you know it's those little things like Um, you
1: take for granted sometimes like the people you're surrounded with yeah
0: Mm -hmm. for me like i i really like having my own space even Mm -hmm. though like i never really invested that much in these apartments because like I said before I was planning on staying there only <laughs> one year so I never <laughs> wanted to buy new furniture I never wanted to like spend yeah. so much money on like fixing an apartment cuz I was like this is temporary but I did mm. learn how important it was though mm. to have like whatever that is even if it's like having a plant or mm. like for me I really like to drink tea so mm. I really needed an electric tea kettle to like Mm -hmm. be able to drink tea like the whole day so like that makes a place like my home if I'm able to like have my tea when I want to have my tea you know so I think I had to find ways to like make my space feel like home Mm -hmm. even when I didn't have the people that where my home
1: with mm-hmm. me? Yeah, but yeah, that makes sense. And yeah.
2: your bedroom today is like you have made it your own space. A hundred
0: percent. Yeah. yeah, when I came back, I spent, I did spend a little bit of time and a little bit of money, and I thought it was important. And I realized it was important when mm. I was away mm. to just make my. My space just feel more me and more comfortable, yeah. whatever that means to you. Yeah. And to me, it just meant, you know, having a little bit more plants, having a, some photos, you know, mm-hmm. always keeping it clean. It just gives me comfort, I guess. Yeah. Any Anything that gives you comfort, I think.
1: Anything that feels familiar to you, yeah. even no. though you're like in a very different space. Yeah. Exactly. That's like a very specific lesson you learned because you did go somewhere that was just everything was different.
0: Oh, yeah. And I can tell you for sure, like the first apartment. So when I saw the apartment, the the person that was renting it, it was this guy that he would travel a lot for work. Mm -hmm. So he was there like... One week out of the month, he would like be in that apartment Mm -hmm. and the other time he would be traveling. So he really did not care about this place. I think he had like one chair, (laughs) literally like a table with like one chair, you know, and it was like one of those like plastic, like foldable chairs, which is fine. You know, it worked for him, Mm -hmm. but it did not feel cozy at all. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking this place has potential, but it needs a little something, a little bit of something. And by the time that I moved in and I kind of made it my own with very few things, like, you don't need to buy a whole new, you know, furniture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It completely changed. Like, yeah. you know, even, I think, just, like, changing the light bulbs from, yeah. like, the, the lighting was just... It just made it feel, like, a lot different. Oh, totally. And I forgot, like, one of the biggest things, but what makes my place my
1: home is my cats. Maybe. I don't know how I forgot about that, you know? <laughs> how dare you forget your baby? Yeah. Did you get a cat as soon as you got there, or how did this happen? No.
0: So, so I have two cats, and... I I got both of them in China Mm -hmm. and I brought them back with me because they're my babies. But um,
2: But where can they see your cats?
0: So one of them actually has his own Instagram (laughs) and his own TikTok too. And he's (laughs) killing it.
2: (laughs) What's the handle so people can follow?
0: Yes. uh, So his handle is Chivo Nugget. I think. I'm pretty sure. it it We'll put it in the description. Yeah, I have not been taking care of that
1: account. um, He's crushing it. Yeah, Yeah, he's super cute. He's popping on TikTok. Oh, yeah. (laughs) People love him on TikTok, you know. He's really cute. I think it's one of the cutest cats I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) You know, he just makes people fall in love with him. He really has that. But um, to answer your question, no, I did not get a cat right away. I think I got the first cat. Maybe a year and a half. I got her. I got her off the street. Actually, mm-hmm. um, this happens a lot. They, mm. There's a lot of cats actually in China oh. and in Shanghai. And people in the apartments they always like feed the cats. You know, they're like the the apartment complex cats. You yeah. know, it's a very common thing. But sometimes you'll see some kittens like in a box, like somebody mm. leaves mm. them there. And there's big rescue groups um, of people that help split the bills and take care of you know, oh, that's so nice. cats or like they, they want to neuter them so to pre- you know prevent that from happening having more more cats in the mm-hmm. streets and stuff like that so I found these three kittens and I, I told myself I'm just gonna foster them <laughs> and then I'm gonna find homes for them because I know I cannot keep a cat but out of the three I really fall in love with one mm-hmm. which is my other cat her name is Mo and yeah, I just decided to keep her. The other two, I did find homes for them. Oh,
1: that's so nice.
0: And and then I think a year after that is when I got Chivo. Chivo.
1: So besides your space, a uh, Pet mm-hmm. also creates that space of home. And then obviously your friends, the people that you met. Yeah, exactly. Especially in such a big city, mm-hmm. right?
0: You go to work, you know, maybe you like your job, maybe you don't like it, you know, mm-hmm. either way. You, you go back home, you know, there's all these crowds, all these people. It's just like that moment that you walk through the door and you find like mm. peace, whatever that mm. means to you, you know, like I like having candles. I like having plants. I like having my cats. I yeah. like having like a tidy space. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it feel like home to me, you yeah. know. And in the meantime, a temporary home.
1: Before I think that's a great advice. Yeah, yeah that's a great advice. Whenever people travel abroad or live in a, in a foreign country that they're not used to and these are some things they can do to make it feel like home. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much for walking us through your definition of home. We'd like to dig deeper. So how did traveling and living abroad for so long, you said five years, change you? Your identity, your perspective, and your relationship with our family and your home here in the U.S.?
0: During this time that I spent away from home, I went through a lot of growing and learning one of the, one of the biggest things for me was it was hard for me to speak up. I, when I feel comfortable with my friends or like with people that I'm close with, mm-hmm. I'm actually like very outgoing and I'm very loud and I talk mm-hmm. a lot and I'm very expressive and I'm very funny and I'm all these things, yeah. but I cannot be that. With new people. With new Or, or even with, it's not even new people. Sometimes it's just It's hard for me to be like that Mm. unless I really like I'm like that with like a handful of people, Mm. you know, some of that is just personality, I guess, that I wish I could show my personality more. But another aspect of that is also kind of like in work settings or in professional settings, being able to speak up when something is wrong Mm -hmm. or when you don't when you want to speak up about something. And China, uh, you know, as part of the culture, they're very non-confrontational people. Mm. They avoid conflict at all. Costs. Yeah. And that was very frustrating because um, there were many times that, you know, in, in a job setting or something, something was written on mm. a contract. And Mm. then they wanted to go against that. And they would not tell you or they would not confront you about it. And you wanted to confront them and they wouldn't let you confront them. And it was like this dance back Mm. and forth. And Mm. I feel like I had to learn to speak up for myself more and to be Mm. more assertive because I was almost forced into it in Mm. a way, you know? And not only was the setting like this this place that made me do that, but also the people around me. Mm. Because I think that I remember coworkers, you know, other foreigners mm-hmm. telling me like, no, it's because you have to tell them like this or you have to like do it like this. And, you know, because maybe they're from a different culture that is mm. more outspoken yeah. than I am. And I was like, oh, OK, yes. You know, so in a way, I also learned yeah. from these people yeah. around me about different ways to to deal with. These situations, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things I think that I learned to negotiate a lot better in oh, terms yeah. of like contracts and jobs and salaries and all yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. My confidence really, it it I got a boost of confidence, and yeah. I am not sure where that came from. I remember after like say si- after my first six months there, mm-hmm. I changed schools. Um, I was teaching first at a training center that basically was like an after-school English classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, an after-school program. And um, after like six months there, I didn't like the schedule because it was in the evenings during the week and then the whole day during the weekend Mm. Mm. when kids are not in school. So that schedule was brutal. So then somebody recommended me a job that was teaching in universities, which... Mm totally not qualified for that but somehow you know that's you
1: you get 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 all
0: sorts of opportunities in China like I said you know I had an advantage just because I had an American passport Mm. that is just a fact you know Mm. it was not my credentials it was just the American passport so Mm. that gave me all the validity that they needed for me to teach in some schools just conversational English and so when I was teaching at these universities I was Petrified because I had a lecture hall with like two (laughs) hundred, like adults. You know, they're like not five year olds. They're like eighteen year olds. You know, they're in college. Oh my goodness! And I look like like them in terms of like I don't look older. Like I don't have that authority. I look Mm -hmm. very young. They think I'm like you know. yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I'm standing in the front, you know, and I have to like talk for like an hour. And oh, wow. I was just so nervous, but mm. you know, it only took a few days before I, I don't know how I got so comfortable. Yeah. I, I really don't know what it was, mm. but maybe it was just that I was put into that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to do it. And mm. eventually like, I just, I was exposed to sit to standing in front of so many people and. Also to like be a little bit strict sometimes, you know, like Mm. oh you're on your phone, get out of my classroom, you know? Like Yes (laughs) Professor I love that. You know, just a little bit like this is my classroom my rules But um, it was actually a lot of fun. I I would always tell them my funny foreigner stories and how things were so different for me here. Mm -hmm. And they would always find it so funny, you know, to hear (laughs) this little American girl talking about just all sorts of stuff, you know, that I was like, it was almost like a comedy bit that I would have like at the beginning of each class. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of fun. That's really cool. That just, yeah, it really gave me like a huge confidence boost, I think.
2: And your students spoke a little bit of English? So they spoke a little it easy bit. Was converse with them?
0: They spoke a little bit of English, but yeah, they all wanted to talk to me. You know, there's a the foreigner effect mm. when you're in China. Mm. It probably happens in other countries too. Mm-hmm. But when you're there and people know that you're a foreigner, either because you look like a foreigner or after I tell them that I am a foreigner, they just want to talk to you or mm. they want to like...
1: Oh wow. No more about Yeah, you, they they, story. they they
0: do want to mm-hmm. practice their uh-huh. English, some of them, but yeah, they're like very curious about that in a way. So in mm. that that is something that is so different. Yeah. I think whenever any of you go, you know, to China, you'll kind of feel like a celebrity in a way. <laughs> yeah. Because people are just like, Oh look, it's a foreigner, you know, and yeah. they, they wanna take photos take with fictures, you. Yeah. yeah, they wanna <laughs> talk with you, you know, or something like that, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> The other thing that I was going to say was that I feel like I also got more comfortable with my English. Oh, yeah, that's a plus. It's been like a journey, I feel like, because we learned English since elementary school. Mm -hmm. Even though we were living in Mexico, in Tijuana, we were going to a bilingual school mm-hmm. so we learned English but we didn't speak English like right. in the classrooms or like with friends we spoke Spanish mm-hmm. and then when we went to um, middle school you know our, our middle school was in San Isidro like mm-hmm. it was all Mexicans were going yeah. there yeah. everyone spoke um, Spanish in that school like, I kind of had to speak a little bit more English obviously because I was in the U.S. versus being in Tijuana mm-hmm. but with my friends it was all mm-hmm. Spanish and then I went to high school and I went to two high schools. So my first high school that I went to, it was again, a lot of Mexicans would go to that high school. Mm-hmm. So yes, in the classrooms, I was challenged a little bit more. Yeah. But with my friends, it was all Spanish. Yeah. When I went to the second high school, that school, it was more diverse and more of the students spoke English. So I remember feeling a little bit stuck like, oh, you guys mm-hmm. don't speak Spanish. Like mm-hmm. in recess, like you speak English. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to express myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then another, again another level went up when I went to college. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. more English. But really the conversational I think that happened when I was in China Mm. um I think I started speaking English more and just becoming more comfortable expressing my ideas because you know you can know what words mean you can know how to read how to write Mm -hmm. but it's a completely different thing to know how to express yourself or your thoughts
1: yeah
0: I think before I moved to China I would always think in Spanish and translate to English Mm -hmm. and then I think when I went to China I went through the transition of doing both. Either thinking in English because I'm speaking in English or thinking mm-hmm. in Spanish because I'm speaking in Spanish. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was not a huge thing.
2: Yeah. You know? Did you also learn a little bit of Mandarin along the way? So
0: I did take a few classes and I did learn a little bit. Very little. Y Very little.
2: Oh, that's great. I mean, I think there's a lot of growth when you mm. uh, went to China. It looks like you got a confidence boost. Yeah. You know, you mentioned your English. Uh, you felt more conversational. So that's all great news.
1: Something you said was like, oh, you don't know where the confidence came from. Mm -hmm. And you said, oh, it was just because I had to had to do that. That was my job. I think that happens a lot. And sometimes like I'm scared to do something like public speaking was Mm -hmm. one of them. And then I think I was forced to public speak or give a speech in class. And then I guess initially before you even do it, you're like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do it. And then you're placed in a situation like you have to do it and you do it. And then you're like, you see, like, yeah, you can, you can (laughs) do it. That's how it it
0: is. Yeah. Like you don't believe it until you just have to do it. Until you have to. Yeah. And I'm kind of going through that right now with my new internship. That's how I feel like anxiety, like, oh, no, I can't do this. And then
1: you just kind of get used
0: to it. You you think back of all the moments that you felt like that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's still going to happen also in the future. You're always going to feel, you know, a little bit like that. But I think that's good. You know, I think mm-hmm. that means that you're still learning, mm. you're still growing. Like yeah. you're never done with that. If you're if you're comfortable all the time, mm. then I think you're stuck. Yeah. You know, I think a little bit of a little bit of that anxiety is okay. It's normal. It's, thermal, it's yeah. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs>
1: there's this there's this quote that says we're more capable yeah. than we think. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true.
2: Yeah. What do you think? Was it about China or your experiences that push you to grow so much? Is it being uncomfortable? Is it being Going after those opportunities, is there anything specific you think that pushed you to grow so much?
0: I've thought about this before. Being able to, like, hide in the crowd, Mm. right? There's a sense of security in that because, like, something that I was doing while I was in Shanghai is, um, as a hobby, I was taking photos for Instagram. And Mm -hmm. something that I would do is, like, I would buy these, like, outrageous clothes. (laughs) And then I would, like, plan a photo shoot in, like, a weird location. Yeah. And sometimes, most of the times, I would return those clothes because I was, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not going to wear that, actually. It was just, like, for the photo shoot, right? In a way, it was easy to do that over there, like, like we've been talking about it, because, like, nobody cared what you were yeah. doing. So I would walk outside with, like, this outrageous outfit and, like, these heels. And, like, sometimes I had, like, wigs or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I really had, like, it was, like, a costume. And mm-hmm. I was, like, walking yeah. in the streets like that, full-blown, like, just posing, you know? <laughs> and... Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Mm. So there was this feeling of low risk mm. in a way. Yeah. That you could try something new and that there were no risks. So, mm. and that was that, that's one aspect, you know, mm. me trying to do that. The other thing is you are kind of forced to it, right? You're mm. kind of put in the situation where you're mm. kind of forced to it. It's like when you just, when people that are learning to swim yeah. and they just push you into the pool. Yeah, you too. know, yeah. swim, yeah. You just out. have to learn, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way it's like that, it's that feeling. Yeah. And yeah, I think being in a new environment where nobody knows you. Mm. So if I try something and I fail, nobody knows unless yeah. I choose to share them, to share yeah. that, you know. Yeah. I remember that feeling of just, which in a way that kind of goes together with the low risk kind of stuff that I was talking about earlier, but just, yeah, I had no family over there. You know, it's a huge city. I'm not going to see someone that I know on the streets, you know, I think it's that it's the new environment. You don't know anyone, low risk, specifically to Shanghai, the big city aspect of it that you also saw other people doing like, like trying new things Mm. that kind of made you be like, what's my thing that I'm going to try, right? And then you try to bring all of that. You, you, you try to keep all of those lessons that you that you learned mm. when you were outside. And then you try to keep those with you when you're back home. Because I'm back home now. Mm. My family is here. My friends are here. This is my home. And you kind of try to still keep a little bit of that. Mm. I don't care what you think. Yes. Yeah. Or I'm yeah. comfortable in myself. Yes. Or if I want to try something new, I'll try it. And if I fail, it doesn't matter. So you yes. try to bring those lessons back with you. And
1: it's hard yeah yeah i love that though i think there's a sense of freedom and i i kind of experienced a little taste of that when we went to puerto rico Mm -hmm. like nobody knows you yeah the people that we traveled we didn't know them yeah so you you have the freedom to be a different version of yourself the version that maybe feels truer to you or i think there's a lot of there's a lot of judgment when you're like living in the same place yeah And it almost makes you afraid to try new things. Mm -hmm. It makes it harder to try new things. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I I totally agree
0: with you. I love that.
1: that. I I think that's the biggest, one of the biggest things that I learned from our recent trip for me. That was it. I came back and I am more comfortable in who I am. And Mm -hmm. I appreciate aspects of me that I didn't really appreciate or was like shy to embrace. Yeah. But it's like you leave and then you find who you are. And Mm -hmm. then you come back way more confident. I hope we keep this mentality of like I don't care what people think yeah, but it's so hard it's hard <laughs> yeah. it's hard to keep the fire alive <laughs> oh, right
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: And kind of going back to the first question we asked you which is why you decided to go live abroad, you you have to lose yourself to find yourself and mm-hmm. that that looks like that's a theme that that mm-hmm. happened uh, through through most of our experiences. Uh, in my own personal opinion I think, leaving home is very important to grow. Mm -hmm. And if you don't leave home, I feel like you you stay not the same, but it's harder to change. And so I think change comes easier when you're away.
0: Mm -hmm. I would totally say that if you have the opportunity to either study abroad during college, which some people have that opportunity, Mm -hmm. or if you Mm -hmm. are able to travel somewhere, and it does not have to be for five years, right? (laughs) It doesn't have to to be so long. Or to China. I think that... It's helpful, you know, I think there's different stages in life, you know, there's stage where you are, you know, you're a child, you're at home, you depend on your parents, you know, there's a stage where you kind of leave your parents for a little bit and work on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, eventually you come back, there's time in in life when your parents are going to need you, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, they're getting older, and so you spend more time with them, like, there's all stages um, there's different stages in life and there's time for everything. Yeah. And I do think that life is very long. Mm. So I think it's mm. very like, if you have the time, go ahead and travel, take yeah. some time off from work, from school, from your family. Yeah. And like you said, get lost a little bit. I think that the benefits outweigh the risks a hundred percent. Yeah. It gives you a better perspective on things, yeah. you know, and and, and even if you don't like it, at least you learn that you didn't like it, That's you true. know? That's so true. there's win, 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 you know? Yeah. yeah it's Thank just you for sharing
1: it. that. People are afraid to try foods. It's like, just try it. Just yeah. it. If you don't like it, now you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To so start wrapping up the conversation, I did want to ask, what made you decide to come back? So I think when I left
0: there, like I said at the beginning... I never planned to live there or to make a life there. Mm-hmm. I know right. many people do that. There's many foreigners that they go there like for some time and they end up really liking it. They end up liking their job or starting a business. Maybe they find a partner there and they get married and then mm-hmm. they just stay there. Many foreigners do that, you know. For me, I always knew that China was just a little bit too far away from mm. like my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like I could have a life there forever. It was great fun, you know, during my 20s to be there for sure. But I always knew that at some point I had to come back. I kept pushing that because it was so comfortable to live there. And also because I dreaded coming back and facing reality of like, now what are you going to do next, (laughs) right? After your break, you know? So in terms of the timing, I was actually planning on coming back in 2020 Mm
1: -hmm. when
0: COVID happened. Mm -hmm. But then COVID happened (laughs) and... From my perspective, it was actually worse in the U.S. than it was in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Like everything was still open in my city.
1: Mm.
0: I, I was working at a school, so at that time I was not working because they did close schools. Mm-hmm. Besides that, everything was like normal. They didn't lock us up or anything like that. So I kind of decided to stay a little bit longer, mm. even though I was ready to mm-hmm. like come back 2020. But I decided to like wait a little bit because it just looked really chaotic here yeah. in, here in the U.S. Yeah. and I. Think Yeah, a little bit after that is when things started getting better here and then also the airlines, you know, prices were getting better because it was crazy before Mm. and I really wanted to bring my cats with me
1: Mm. and
0: not all airlines allowed that during that time. So eventually the stars aligned. I was kind of just waiting, you know, yeah. after COVID. After yeah. COVID. Yeah. And okay. you know,
2: we're so happy that you came back. My parents are very excited. Oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and coming with the cats and everything. So no, that's <laughs> awesome that you made it back. <laughs> to
0: wrap it up,
2: I'm curious to hear if there's anything you could change about living abroad or living in Shanghai. What would it be?
0: Oh, you know, I would just looking back, I wish I knew <laughs> more, obviously, yeah. because it took me forever to figure out some of these apps that mm-hmm. everyone uses just mm-hmm. because I don't know why it took me so long. Um, so I think the first year that I lived there, I really mm-hmm. did not take advantage of so many of the things that sh- Shanghai has to offer. And after that, like my whole life changed. And I think I I, I felt more comfortable also like just... You know, trying new things, new, new foods, new, new you know, seeing what events were happening. So I feel like mm. it took me a little bit. Like I said earlier, when I first moved there, I started working right away. Yeah. So it was almost like I didn't really have time to like really settle in. Mm. So my first year was like very chaotic, like mm. working a lot, weird schedules, just not really enjoying it that much. Oh, and then it. eventually I learned how to have like a better balance. Mm. So I would say that, you know, I just, I you know, I, I wish that I knew about some of these like food delivery services that are amazing i wish i knew (laughs) those my first year however with that being said i don't think that i can say that i would change anything because then it just it wouldn't have been this experience then yeah right you know so
1: yeah
0: but yeah you know to anyone that is thinking about it just do it and you'll find it along the way
1: yeah Yeah. one last question because i did want to ask about this how How was it coming back to your childhood home? Mm -hmm. Having lived abroad and having grown so much. You're like a completely different person. How was that transition back? Mm -hmm. It was hard
0: Mm -hmm. for
1: different reasons. So
0: coming back to my home, like my parents, right? I think it was a little bit frustrating because I was used to being independent and to have my own place and making my own food Mm -hmm. and all of these things. And then all of a sudden you're back home and there's so many things that you're not in control of. Yeah, Yeah. That's very hard. But I think I struggle with that a little bit to just kind of like pick your battles. Also, I think it was important for me to tell my parents, like, hey, you know, I'm 30. Like, <laughs> I already lived on my own. Like, like, do you guys understand how hard is it for me not to be back home Yeah, and not have my own car? I can't travel anywhere on my own. I rely yeah. on you guys. Or just there were so many little things like that. And like I said, it, I think it's important to have empathy because, yeah, they were mm-hmm. so happy to have me back. Mm-hmm. And But I, I feel like I needed a little bit of, like, space, space. <laughs> still. Yeah. Um. In terms of like just kind of like dealing with not being independent in that sense, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Because I was coming back, but like you said, I was coming back different. And yeah, I think it was a little bit of a struggle to like find the perfect balance of like, how do I continue having a little bit of my independence at this age while I'm still living home with my parents Mm. after not being here for five years? And they are obviously so happy to have me there. So I think... You know, you do that through conversations and through so a lot of self reflection and really I, I do a lot of that thinking, you know, which battles you pick, is this worth it? Trying to have empathy for the other side, mm-hmm. you know? So it was it was difficult, yeah. but it only lasted a little bit. And then mm-hmm. and then yeah, it was so nice to
1: have my grandmas cooking again, mm-hmm. you know? It was so
0: nice to not have to pay rent, you yeah. know. It is so nice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I think a similar experience that I've had is I keep on coming back to college, but that was like Mm -hmm. the very first time. I think the one that had the most impact. When I came back from college, I felt like personally I had grown so much. And what I found hard was coming back to home, L.A., but everything being the same. Mm, And I'm like, has nothing changed here? Like, why is Mm -hmm. everything still the same? There's so much contrast in like your lived experience versus where you grew up. And I understand that like now we're not in school, we're, we're working, things don't change as fast mm-hmm. as uh, as it was maybe when you were in college or when you travel to a different place. But then with a the version of me that had grown so much, sometimes home didn't really feel like my home mm-hmm. because I had found like a space in Berkeley that mm-hmm. I felt like was home and embraced a new version of me. But when I came back, one example is like, My mom and I were having a conversation about something that we didn't agree on. Mm -hmm. Now I had a different opinion on maybe the same topic that we had talked about before I left for school. And then she said something like, oh, you think so differently now. And it almost made me feel like uh, in that first year when I was at Berkeley, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I had a home yet in that first year. But then I came back and I was I was different. It was like this. The first year was Mm -hmm. when I felt like. I don't have a home anywhere, um, but I, I wonder if, like, that was something you experienced.
0: Yeah, I I really felt that when I came back, mm. so when I was, um, when I was living there, like I said before, I would, I would try to visit during the holidays, because I had time off, mm. and it's the holiday, so I would, yeah. like come back, and usually by that time, I kind of was really looking forward to being with my family, because the whole year, I'm not with them, mm-hmm. you know, and. And you miss them and you miss the traditions and the food. And maybe you're getting a little bit tired of China a little bit. You kind of need to like, yeah. all the foreigners would say this. Like at one point, you kind of needed to like leave China for a little bit, <laughs> go somewhere else. And then and then you miss China and then you come back. You know, you just need like two weeks away from China a year or something like that. Yeah. It's just like a thing that people say over there. I would go home and I would go home for like two weeks a week and a half something like that okay it was during the holidays so in that regard it was like oh the food and oh just christmas and like not real life in terms of like everyone's off during the holidays no one's working Mm. i'm not expected to do anything because i'm just visiting (laughs) so like you know so i thought it was not gonna be that different Mm. but when i actually was moving back I was very used to life in Shanghai. Mm. I was very used to a certain, to to doing things a certain way. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then you and then that becomes comfortable. Yeah. That becomes your everyday. That becomes what you are familiar with. And then all of that gets taken away because you leave the country, you leave that place. So Mm. however you used to do things, whatever, however you used to spend your Saturdays, that's not how you're gonna spend them anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's like you take all of that away. And then you get home. And it's funny when you're saying how like nothing changes. Yeah, I felt the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also with the people around me. I was like, everyone is the same, like nothing's (laughs) changing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then you come back and yeah, everything feels the same. But like, yeah, you're not the same person anymore. And you can't do the things that you used to do Mm -hmm. or talk to the people that you used to talk to. And then you're just kind of like in this place. Yeah. And then who do you talk to that understands specifically this transition after living for five years in a Mm. foreign country and Mm. in those five years making it a comfortable space for you Yeah. and then to just beep, that's all gone, gone. right? And then be put in this other place where... You don't know this place. You don't know the people. You don't like, I mean, this is like a silly thing, but I didn't even know where like where the plates were in the kitchen, you know? Like that took (laughs) me a little bit of time. Or like, how do you use this remote controller? I don't know. I've never used it. Like literally I've never, I can figure it out, but I've never used it. So like there's a technical stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Or like you drive somewhere and like there's like a new mall you're like oh this is new and yeah. like no mm-hmm. it's it's new to me it's not new to anyone else right yeah. so there's like those things of like actually the technical stuff that's different and then i think it's yeah the the mental stuff mm-hmm. you know psychologically that that feels different I mean, I, I remember that moment when I was coming back and, and I think the people that have gone through that, either it could be when, like, when you, like you said, when you left for college mm-hmm. or if you travel somewhere, you live mm-hmm. somewhere abroad, like just anything like that. I think those people like have that experience of mm-hmm. like coming back and you just kind of feel like, I made the other place my home, even though technically it was never like, I'm not from there. I'm an outsider, but I made it my home. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going back to the place that's supposed to be my home, but I don't know it anymore. And I don't know anyone. I don't know myself. Yeah, And I think it's just a transition.
1: Yeah,
0: I think it's a transition. Like I said before, I think it's you having to do a lot of that Mm self-work so that you make amends with this new version of yourself and then this old but unfamiliar space and trying to reconcile that into like a compromise you know like you're saying it's just it's 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 who you are now we're always growing and learning it just it feels different when you grow somewhere else and and then you have to come back to that place because then this place kind of has to catch up with the new person
2: maybe that's just what life is about finding yourself constantly yeah i think for me kind of same thing when we went to college i think uh, being in a new city and then coming back at the end of the semester things felt like yeah it was different i had changed i had grown but things were still the same at home and then like Mm -hmm. you mentioned too like yeah there's you know new malls or new things that Mm change but the surrounding people around you are are staying kind of the same right nothing wrong with that i think it's just a similar feeling that maybe a lot of people can resonate Mm -hmm. with uh, leaving home and then coming back and things feel different for us
1: yeah i think you described it perfectly the compromise or the reconciliation of a new vision of yourself with your Maybe old reality, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. And one thing in that transition phase, I remember feeling very lonely mm-hmm. because, like you said, you're the one that is changing. You're the one that's experiencing these things, and everyone else in your family doesn't experience the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, I remember feeling alone, even though I was back home. Like, I don't think you understand what I'm going through. Yeah. And even if your friends, like maybe you had friends that went to college, we all have very unique experiences in the way that we grow. I think I talked to you when you just got back or you shared something where you you also felt like sometimes a little bit lonely. Mm -hmm. And of course, then you get used to your environment and you find friends and that that loneliness goes away. But do you remember that?
0: Yeah, I think it's also because you feel like it's such a unique experience, Mm -hmm. right? Like you could talk to a friend, but if they haven't gone through something like that, then it might be hard for them to understand it. I had to relate to it. And if they did go through something like that, they will relate to it, but it's not gonna be you being in China for five years, right? Or whatever, like, like, you know, like whatever that is for you, whether it is, you know, going away for college for four years or whatever that is, it's like, it's not exactly the same. It's not. And so for me, I remember when I came back home my german friend Mm -hmm. she was still in china she actually just got home like two months ago oh wow so she's back home now very recently so like this whole time that i was away i was talking to her and she had not gone through that experience but Mm -hmm. i was kind of telling her like you'll probably understand like what i'm talking to you when you go because i'm telling you right now it's like this is like the future (laughs) you know and and she was not going back to the u.s she was going back to her home which was germany which is different than me going back here so again it's still not the same yeah I think I try to find people to talk to and like, mm-hmm. and, and, and at one point, and that's why I said like, it's a lot of self work. Yeah. Mm. Like you just kind of have to work on it yourself. If you have no one else that went through the exact same experience with yeah. you or or even if you do, I think it's important for you to like try to figure out those thoughts yourself and try yeah. to figure that out.
1: It's easier to process this transition with somebody who can relate to you.
0: That is, like, so much, so helpful, Mm. right? Because you have that understanding. Yes. You know, I could talk to my German friend about some of the stuff that I miss about Shanghai, you know, because she... She, she also lived there, yeah. you know? So it's, yeah. like, also, like, all of those things. Or, like, stuff that I want to, like, bring back with me. Like, I don't know, little jokes or little terms that I used to say when I, when I was over there. Like, I don't yeah. know, I, ha- I had some Chinese words that I used to say all the time. And now I bring them here and it's, like, okay, I'm going to have to teach you guys. Because I want to <laughs> keep saying these words here, like, yeah. as part of, like, my personality, right? Yeah. Like, one thing that I say a lot with Noe is <laughs> there's this term for foreigners in okay. Shanghai. It's, like, a slang word. And it's lao oh, Wai. And... I just always use that, like, to make fun of myself sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at those stupid laowais. Like, and I'm talking about, like, myself or, like, when we go eat somewhere here, yeah. like, oh, they're going to put us over there with the other laowais. Like, <laughs> all the foreigners are put there. It's just like, you know, I had to teach them that word. But now he uses it. So it's, like, oh. little things like that, you know. the or Like, earlier when we were talking about my favorite comfort food from yeah. China and I was talking about you know malatang i have to like explain that what that is and yeah. there's also something nice about that about me being able to bring a little bit of that back here or like totally. y- like you yeah. said your experience in college like everything that you learned that made you grow and change your mm-hmm. mind on so many things that you can bring that back and maybe talk with your mom maybe you change her mind maybe you don't yeah. but you kind of bring a piece back of wherever you were. And and in a way you're also kind of like spreading. yeah, (laughs)
1: Taking up space in this old reality or this. Yeah. To
0: make it a little bit more comfortable, maybe, you know, a little bit, a little bit more like the new you You have to bring a little bit of that into this old space. I like how you said that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So much wisdom. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank thank you for sharing that. It was so good to have you. Such a good conversation.
0: Yeah.
2: To to finish the episode, any final lessons you learned from your time abroad?
1: I feel like I've said so much
0: already. Mm. If I try to summarize it, uh, do it. Just Just whatever that means to you. Do it. Life is very long. Yeah. I'll just say that life is very long. There is time and space for everything. Mm. Mm. And yeah, don't try to not care so much. I feel like I've been going through that a lot recently, just for different reasons. But Mm -hmm
2: where can people find you you mentioned that you have some really cool pictures that you took in Shanghai
0: so it's Lars von Tiara which is l-a-r-s-v-o-n Tiara and yeah just follow me on there and, <laughs> make,
1: and make sure to check out uh, Chivo's Instagram yeah. and TikTok uh,
0: his content is way
2: better than mine yeah. so <laughs> yeah. on Instagram yeah. and TikTok thank you so much for joining us today Tiara that was really fun
1: it was amazing to have you and thank you for sharing all your wisdom thank yeah you. appreciate
2: you spending your time with us and sharing your your experience abroad. I think we yeah. we learned a lot and we're filled with lots of good wisdom. So appreciate
0: mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And thank you guys for having me again. This was a lot of fun.
2: If you like this episode, don't forget to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on new episodes. If you have a few minutes, we would really appreciate it if you left us a review as this will help us reach more people. You can follow us on Instagram or TikTok at La Vida es Una Pod. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you in our next episode.
1: Hasta la próxima, mi gente.